Welcome to Idea Gym. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Jeff. And we have what Jeff is calling a, a shower thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shower thought. <laughs> it goes with our, our 30-day challenge. Okay, so he's saying that because I was literally in the shower yesterday and I uh, was listening to something, but I had these thoughts rolling through my head. So I turned off what I was listening to, got out and started writing it down because I didn't want to lose it. So I'll start us off and then Jeff can fill in with, with wiser words of wisdom. I think that when we say, like, I can't, we're really just afraid, right? Or we're saying, like, I don't think I can do that. Sometimes, not always, don't get me wrong, we have preferences, but often when we tell ourselves or others, like, I don't want this, that's also really us just saying, I just don't think I can, right? Because I haven't before, and or it's uncomfortable, or we're afraid, or... So I think sometimes we convince ourselves we don't want certain things or we can't because we're afraid. Why am I saying that? <laughs> therefore what, Jeff? You know what I mean? Like, uh, therefore, no, I think the, the big key there also is until we've done something, we've never done it. I know that sounds, <laughs> that sounds redundant, <laughs> but until we've done something, we've never done it. And so by definition, we have this, our hard time believing that we can do something. Now, when we're kids, everything seems possible. I think you wrote some of this in there. It's like when you're a kid, everything's possible because it's all new. You have no past history of failing at anything. But as you go along and you try stuff and you're not that great at it or you try it and you're not as good as your best friend is at it, then you you make up excuses as to why you can't do it anymore. Like, oh, well, I just wasn't good at that. Or we use that. We, we blanket label things all the time. And one of them is I can't, or I'm not good at. And like you said, it's all really just an excuse. But if we, yeah, yeah. I think you're 1% right. But if, if we stop there and just like man up or, you know, woman up, you know what I mean? Like it's not helpful. Right. Right. And it doesn't actually help us move toward meaningful help or change, which brings us to our 30 day challenge, right? This is how we're going to tile in because it all, all the things that we're learning with Ben Hardy really plays in here. Like Jeff was saying, we predict the future off of our past. And Ben goes so far to say, that's what we call personality. And like Jeff was saying, we don't believe we can do it because we haven't done it. Or we've tried and we haven't been spectacularly successful. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It was hard. It didn't turn out quite as we wanted it to. But as a kid... Like the whole world is new. The whole world is bright and future. And, you know, in one sense, we don't have a, this past to to define ourselves by. Yeah. Uh, I think you pointed out in here, one of the things I thought was really interesting is that as we go along, we, we develop self-limiting beliefs. Like they're not instilled in us. Like the nature, I have a two-year-old. Sheldon has five kids. And one of them is, what's your youngest? He's three. Yep. Yeah. Like three-year-olds, two-year-olds, they have no self-limiting beliefs. My my two-year-old daughter, she thinks she can do anything. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I can climb up there. I can do it. And actually she's turned into saying that to us, no matter what it is. Like, I can do it. I do it myself, right? I do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so she says constantly all day long, uh, because in her mind, if it's doable at all, then she is capable of doing it. Yeah. And it's only as she we grow up. Do it. And, yeah. She sees us do it. And as we start to tell her like, no, you can't. And hopefully we try not to tell her that too often. But as adults, you're like, no, you can't cut that because you 
can't use a knife yet, right? <laughs> Maybe we should rephrase it to say not yet. <laughs> Let yeah. us teach you yeah. how when you're older, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I've read uh, stuff about that's like a that is that's a powerful word to use with your your children is like not yet or you can't, you know, especially when they get discouraged about something is like you can't yet, right? Which is totally reframes it from a self-limiting, self-fulfilling <laughs> belief to one of possibility. It's not that it's not possible. It's just not quite yet. There's more to do. Yeah. Um, and you also brought up this growth and fixed mindset. And I feel like that's something that's been repeated over and over again over the last few weeks of all the guys and people that I've been listening to is this idea that a lot of people and a lot and us in particular, we, we, we oftentimes will get caught up in a fixed mindset where we just don't feel like we have the, the ability to get better. Mm-hmm. But really, we know that's not true because we can get better at anything. Anything we want to get better at, we can, we can put our minds to and get better at. It's overcoming those, those limiting beliefs to realize that if you really want to be better at something, it's definitely possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and Ben goes a lot into the science. That's one thing that we love about his is it's like psychology and science and like step-by-step how to reframe your mindset and your identity, which then is your, you know, changes your behavior, which literally changes your personality, your personality. Personality isn't permanent. <laughs> Name of the book. I think our behavior over time is what he, he talks about. That's what we define as our personality and our character. And it feels so personal and like set in stone. Like it's somehow fundamental core to who we are. And his premise, and I believe it, is that it's just not. I think one way, maybe a good way to look at this is think of what, if we radically change our behavior, our thought pattern, how quickly our quote unquote personality changes. And I think COVID is a perfect example of this, right? And it's probably been long enough that we can't see it as clearly now. But in the first few months, I think most of us had some kind of like radical change in our work and our home, something that, you know, all of a sudden we do things differently now. And we don't even think of it now, but now it's like part of our personality, right? I used to exercise with the buddy at work and I really miss that when, you know, for the first few months. But now I exercise with my, my wife regularly in the mornings and the thought of losing that <laughs> is like, I don't want to go back to <laughs> yes. going to the office every day and seeing my kids more regularly and all, you know what I mean? It's like that part of my personality is totally different. Yeah, that's a great point. But I really like some of your examples you used in here of how this is possible and all the different references, because I think a lot of times we can sit here and think, well, yeah, it sounds good on paper, but it's not easy to change. And I, you know, we have a hard time changing. I'm like, that's not true. Actually, you're different today than you were yesterday. And there's nobody that's the same today as they were yesterday. Now you might you might be tied to some of these tendencies. You might have some of these limiting beliefs. But for example, you used one about running, which yeah. I've done a lot of running as well. But tell us about your running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's my premise: there, like nobody is born a runner, right? Like there's not like a baby says, "I'm a runner." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We create that identity. Because as a youth, whether, you know, you want to, maybe you're compelled to run, (laughs) whatever, 
and you do it enough till you get to the point where you think of yourself as a runner, right? I guarantee if for some reason, whether it was by choice or compelled, if you had to run every day, you know, five, six days a week for a year, I'm not saying you would love it and that you'd be runner and, you know, guaranteed to be one of those runners who just like, I love to run, (laughs) but you could not look at yourself and relate to yourself as somehow being a runner, right? You, you, your identity around that would have fundamentally changed, right? At some level, you are a runner because you've changed your behavior and therefore your identity follows. We don't say to ourselves, I'm a runner. And then therefore you just go out and go running. What happens is we go running regularly and therefore you identify with being a runner. And it's easy to see in exercise, but I think it's harder to tell and harder to catch and other things that are more like in our head. We were talking about this, Jeff and I, in this example of when we all do it, we all have these, these limiting beliefs, right? But we tell ourselves, I'm just the way I am. I have this personality character trait. You know, I think I, you know, we tell ourselves I have a short fuse. I get angry easily and therefore you get angry all the time. (laughs) You know what I mean? When in reality is your behavior is that you, there's that, that gap in between the stimulus and the response and how you react Mm -hmm. and you choose to blow up, to get furious, to let it eat inside of you, to have a short fuse. So that is your behavior. And because you've done that over an extended period of time, you now identify with that being part of your personality. But that could be changed radically and quickly if you expended effort and got help and and found ways to change your behavior. Then your identity would follow. Yeah, there's uh, so many things related to triggers in your life and, and the emotional response. But I feel like too many times we think that the emotional response is a guarantee of how we should act. But really the emotional response is just the natural reaction to what's happening to you. For example, someone who gets angry, maybe they get angry, they feel angry, but acting on that anger is the choice. And that's that's the part that I feel like so many times we overlook that there is there is a gap between when when something happens to you, and then we're gonna talk about that later, but happens really happens for you. But when something happens to you, and the emotional response you have, there's this gap in between of, okay, now what am I going to do? Right there. And that's what I've been trying to help my kids understand. And that's really what Mr. Rogers focused his entire message on was that emotional response. Sure. You may have, you may feel angry, but that does not mean you have to act in anger. And that's, that's the part that uh, is so hard for most of us because we we tie our emotions so much to who we are that it comes out in the way we act. As it once when we talked to the brain doctor, what did he call it? <laughs> the the well, things that fire to, or wire fire together, yeah. wire together. So when uh, when we do that over and over again, we've wired them together together in our brain, and it does become more difficult on a subconscious level to stop ourselves from acting. But that's where and 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 we're not saying it's easy, right? This isn't an easy task to change <laughs> to transform yeah. yourself into something different because we've had this whole history of what we've done in certain circumstances. And so we define ourselves by those things, but we don't have to. It's like Sheldon just said, we can start acting differently, which then alters that identity Mm -hmm. of who we are. If we used to not get up early 
and not go running. <laughs> and then yeah. we start getting up early and going running. We're now a person who gets up early and goes running. <laughs> and before we were a person who didn't get up early or go running, <laughs> right? Like um, even lately, I'm a person who for a long time stayed up late and I, you know, I like to watch movies at night and just kind of chill and relax a bit. But over the last few months, I've altered that identity. And now I'm like, no, I want to be a person who goes to bed at a reasonable time and isn't tied to having to watch movies to feel relaxed. I loved your Harry Potter example. Tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's fictional, but it drives a point home, right? And, and I think the whole book almost revolves around this at the very end. It's kind of what she's trying to get at. So you think of the part where I let's see, is it book four, book five, <laughs> where they have the time. Let's see, they can go back in time and see stuff. And it's the one where they're trying to learn how to do a Patronus. Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is that five or six? I can't remember. Uh, I don't five. remember. No. Half-Blood Prince is five. So it's got to be Prisoner four, actually. It's got to be four, right? <laughs> Sorry. My Harry Potter people are like <laughs> turning over in their headphones right now. What? <laughs> uh well there's the part where he sees what he thinks is his father cast a patronus drive away 100 dementors or whatever but then you know the, the time changes they 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 sneak up and they find out and he's like waiting any second my dad's going to come out and drive him away and he doesn't and it dawns on him that it wasn't his dad it was him and so he goes out, casts his Patronus. It's a moving part in the book and the, and the movie. Like he'd never done it before, right? Right. But he goes, well, I, yeah, I knew I could do it because I'd seen myself do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Which again, you get into time travel and feels tautological and it doesn't really make sense. But I like what he's saying. It's like he knew he could do it because he believed that he could. He'd done it. It was number three. <laughs> we, oh, we were way okay. off. Okay. <laughs> just, just spending that whole time looking at. <laughs> oh, so on that same thought, it brings me back to Ben Hardy's idea of the future self. Why, why we should be driven by our future self and not our past is that exact example. I love that example, even though it's fictional. Harry Potter, like the underlying truth is that if we define ourselves by who we can become rather than who we've been we're capable of a lot more than we, we, we ever thought possible because our future self knows more, has more experience and is just plain, not better, but further along than we are. They've been through more, no matter who you are, yourself three years from now is much we'll wiser. Overcome more obstacles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it, well, it, maybe not hopefully wiser, but they're more experienced <laughs> regardless. And whether they've made good choices or not, um, but those, that's where it comes down to is imagine what that person can do, which you're probably not very good at because we define so much of who we are by what we've done. But imagine who you might be able to become and what they might be capable of. And I think that's another case for why it's important to push ourselves past our limits, not our actual limits. I mean, our self-limiting beliefs because the vast majority of the limits that we come up against, whether it's in our minds or relationships, physically, whatever, like they're self-imposed. And I think of some examples going back to like running again. I was in college and decided I was going to run a marathon. Never run more than five, six miles at any point in my life, right? But I trained for it. 
probably not good enough. <laughs> I survived the marathon though, right? Yeah. And, but I, from that moment on, like I knew that I could, cause I did. And all of a sudden, you know, running a half marathon, which I did several times after that, didn't seem daunting at all because it was half as far as the marathon I'd run. I think of some of my, like my wife and my sister-in-law and did this fun run with them. And it was, it was definitely pushing a few of their comfort zone, right? And, but we did it, they did it, had fun. And all of a sudden I could, I could see the, the switch in their mind. They went from like me barely being able to convince them that this is something they could even physically possibly do to the next year going like, we should do this again. That was so much fun. And <laughs> cause they'd done it. They'd done more it. than capable, right? Yeah. More than capable. Right. Sometimes those self-limiting beliefs, you do something you've never done before and you can't tell yourself you can't because you've done it. You know what I mean? You can't lie to yourself to that point anymore. But even more deceptive sometimes is I think that's when we get into that area of like, ah, I don't really, I don't want to, right? Because it was hard or you be, it's uncomfortable. And it made me sore and that's, oh, my body yeah. is not cut. Like I've heard people say, oh yeah, I tried that once. And then, you know, I was so sore afterwards. I just don't think that I'm cut out for that type of stuff. <laughs> the the reasons we give well yes the reason you were sore is because you don't do that kind of stuff yet right <laughs> if, if you do it more often and work into it you won't be as sore and it'll be more enjoyable now we're talking about exercise but it goes along with anything i've really developed this idea that starting at zero is super essential because you're practicing failing you're practicing not being good at things which is one of the hardest things for our ego and our pride is to realize that it's okay to be bad at things. <laughs> it's okay to stink at the beginning and then to get better at little by little. Like nobody learns. Nobody's like, I threw a basketball and now I'm Michael Jordan. <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> there's decades of practice and hard work involved there. So it's really about deciding who you want to be and then being committed to the action steps to get there. I think too often we say, that's who I want to be. And then we take one action and we say, never mind. That's not who I want. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, and, may, well, and maybe in some cases that's okay, where you're like, maybe that isn't who I want to be, especially in the negative sense. What were you thinking? <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, we've been, we, we choose money and exercise because they're so easy to apply, but maybe something a little more difficult. You talk about starting over again and not being the expert and how that's difficult and hard. I, I know people, I've known people, several, who they don't really love their job. They're not really getting paid enough, but they've been there for years. So they're not going to go look somewhere else, not because they don't want something better, but because of how hard it would be to start. Even if you're good at what you do, starting at a new company, new people, new everything, it's, it's like there's a learning curve, even if you're the best, the best at what you do. And so sometimes we tell ourselves like, oh, I really just don't want... <laughs> I don't want a different job. No, you do. I've heard you talk about it. You know, there's all these things that 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 bug you that you don't feel isn't being done right. You don't make enough money. So don't tell me you don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, I feel like I'm getting critical here, <laughs> being too negative. But it's it's it, it's hard to start over again to be at ground zero, right? And yeah. I well, and and the reason it's hard is because we avoid it like the plague. 
um, what you practice becomes easier. And if you practice starting at zero and stinking at things a lot, you'll be better at it and you'll be more flexible and adaptable. And you'll be like, and I'm not to say like jump ship at, at any turn. It's not, Hey, give up your job. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. like, no, it's the point is that you're practicing humility, essentially saying, yeah, I'm always the student, which is a really hard thing to be. And because we, we want to be the teacher, we want to be the master, right? <laughs> like everyone yeah. wants to be at the top of their game, but the only way to get there is to realize that, you have to be the student all the time. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really, but that's, it's hard to practice that, but it is one of those things that if you can, it will benefit you no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I was, I'm not going to derail it, but pull it back a little bit to what Ben Hardy was talking about. He goes very deep into the belief and the hope is imperative to change. Cause like we, we don't make change if we don't believe it's possible right? Or at least hope that it's possible, right? You don't do anything if you honestly believe it will make no difference whatsoever, right? Sometimes it's that impetus needs to come from within or from without. I think we're going to talk about a shortcut of one of the the best ways to make radical changes in, in ability or personalities to surround yourself with people who believe or are doing those things, right? But I think I think the internet has been waxing philosophical here for a second, Jeff. <laughs> the internet, in some ways, one of the great things is it's shrunk the world of what's possible. You think about like the four-minute mile took decades. You used to think it was humanly impossible. But then once the four-minute mile was broken, it was months later, multiple people trying to break the record. And now there are literally teenage high school students who've run a four minute mile, right? That only a few decades ago, honestly thought the world thought was humanly impossible. But once somebody's done it, everybody knows everybody knows you can. And the internet, I think in my mind, it's kind of shrunk the world of what's possible. So if something piques your interest, you can go watch a YouTube video of some crazy talented and whatever weird you know, juggling glass balls or whatever. Any niche you want. <laughs> Any niche. And all of a sudden you can find a group, a tribe of like-minded people who can support you and help you create that mind frame and that belief, that hope of that's possible. Yeah, it's like you pointed out several times in here, like with your wife and your sister and doing running. And you realize when you got there, it's like, oh, wow, there's hundreds maybe even thousands of other people here at this race doing what I'm doing. And most of them are either at my same level or not even close to my level mm-hmm. of fitness. And, and that gives you a lot of confidence in realizing, oh, like people do this. This is something people do. Because up to then, maybe you only know one or two people who run relay races or who do you know ice baths. And then suddenly you get into a group of Wim Hoffers and they're like, yeah, we do ice baths every day. That's no big deal. Like, <laughs> and then instead of saying that's something you can't do it, they're saying like, now you can go, you can go bigger. Like you can go colder, yeah. right? <laughs> you can, <laughs> you can hold your breath longer. You can like, so the limits we set on ourselves are definitely set on ourselves. There's no, nobody out there saying this is what you're capable of. Well, there are, <laughs> but uh, those laws are broken all the time. I mean, yeah. flight right now they're trying to go to Mars in my kid's lifetime, it could be a weird, normal thing that people live on Mars, right? Like, 
Yeah. Whoever thought that would be possible. So it's, it's about, and so like Sheldon mentioned, the shortcut and the action that we want to give you today is to surround yourself with people who are where you want to be or who are going there. And the best way to do that is start with books, start with audios, start with YouTube, find those groups and plant yourself there. Because even if you don't have a next door neighbor or a friend who does those types of things, there are thousands of people who do it. Yeah, you, you can, can find someone or a bunch of people that will support you, help you in whatever it is you want to accomplish, right? And like Jeff was saying, there, there's a world of podcasts, <laughs> audiobooks, <laughs> books to read. You can find a tribe that even if you've never associated with this particular tribe before, if you start to associate them, surround yourself with them, it's impossible not to begin to believe and act and do like all these things that you're surrounding yourself. It's like you can't input without the output changing as well. Yeah, absolutely. So to all those, because we we like to make excuses like, well, I don't know anybody who does that. I don't know. That's that's not a, not a possibility anymore. There's infinite YouTube channels. There's podcasts. It's all free. <laughs> like the only the only requirement is a little bit of your time uh, invested, and if it's something you're interested in, jump in. Right, start at zero, and and get connected to those people who can share your desire and fuel your desire because that's what Sheldon was just talking about. He had to convince his sister and wife to go do this thing the first time and they didn't think they could. And then they went in and then they're like, we want to do it again next year. (laughs) That was so fun. And now I'm literally signed up for like this Spartan race, which is way harder, like a half marathon. And my wife's doing it with me. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's just like, like your vision changes. It just changes. You're going to change. That's the whole the whole premise of the book and what we want to try and identify is like our future, you know, our identity, what we hope for, what we believe is possible can shape and mold our behavior now to the point where we can literally change our personality. Something we think is totally ingrained and not changeable is 100% changeable. Like I I was like, don't give up on your dreams. (laughs) You just need to find a better path to get there. And it really goes to who, not how. Yeah. <laughs> Find the who's because it's not about the how, right? Like the how, that's easy. That's you get everywhere. the right who's and the how takes care of itself. Exactly. You surround yourselves with the marathoners. We need to pick a different metaphor here because we're, we're, it's, it's easy to go to that one, but you pick yourself for something. You want, you want to be a better chef. Well, I that's also easy because it's like Netflix everywhere. There's a thousand chef shows. And I guarantee if you could go back... <laughs> 40 years, like the average cook, average chef now, I bet it's like phenomenally better, phenomenally different because of how much more access and ability you can go, you can join that tribe of Rachel Ray fans or <laughs> whatever it is, British Bake Off, and then you make it yourself because you see it's possible and you get support. Yeah. We live in a very cool time. It's easy to be discouraged, but it's also very easy to find the direction you want to go. All the tools are literally at your fingertips. And and that's, I mean, it seems normal to us now, but 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that wasn't a thing. (laughs) There was no YouTube. There was no social media. There was no, (laughs) right. Because at your fingertips from literally your phone, you can access the entire world. There's never been more distraction. 
more ways to entertain ourselves or sadly we medicate our our pain <laughs> there's never been more ways to to try and do that and that but the reverse is also true like jeff is saying there's never been more access to help to overcome those challenges or to accomplish your dreams or to become and do whatever it is that you want, right? I like the theory of change that change is equal to ability plus motivation, right? We have never had more ability. And then you surround yourself with who's like Jeff is saying, and that increases our motivation as well. I'm rambling now. Jeff, bring us home. (laughs) It's all right. I do it all the time. So, uh, (laughs) but to that point though, on our next episode, we're going to be talking about a talk that used to be given back in like the early 1900s by a, by a minister preacher named Russell Conwell. It's called acres of diamonds. You've probably heard of it, or you've at least have heard that mentioned before. And it's really all about this point that Sheldon's talking about is opportunity abounds, right? There's opportunity everywhere. It's just a matter of how you look at it. And that mindset shift is what we're going to try and help you do with that. But today the action we're inviting you to take and that we are taking as we participate in this 30-day future self course with Ben Hardy. And how we met Ben Hardy is the same thing we're sharing with you on the shortcut is we read his books, we read his blogs, we got to connect with him and now he's going to be on our show, <laughs> right? So it's, we, you, you become a part of the circles you run in. So make a decision on who you want to be and then surround yourself with people and resources that will help you get there help you become that person. As part of our 40th episode, this is our 41st episode, but as part of our 40th episode and on, we are giving away a free book written by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy called Who Not How. It really deals with this shortcut principle we're talking about right now. And you can go download it from our website. The link will be in the show notes or you can go to ideagym.info. It's on the main page. It's on every single blog post go link there. It's just a thank you for listening. It's the Kindle version. So it's a, it is a digital version, uh, but it is an awesome book. I've both read it and listened to it and it's fantastic. I've, I've uh, read it three times now. It's just got a lot of great information on how to implement this shortcut and find who's in your life to become the person you want to become. Get it. It's free. It's awesome. Maybe we should charge you. <laughs> <laughs> you probably respect, you probably want it more. <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon right now it is I think $11.99 so you are saving $12 and the value of that book is much higher than that so thank you again for joining us we'd love to hear if there's anything in particular you want us to dive into or an author or someone you'd like to have us try and get on the show you would be surprised how willing people are to help if you just ask okay <laughs> if you want to know more about that, we did an episode on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. The Blind Blogger. If you don't ask, they can't say yes. Yep, go check out that. It was awesome. Okay, Thank have you a great for day. joining us. Peace out. <laughs>